evoking magic of the everyday wonderment of life and death one bitch at a time step inside bewitch seance episode quemando la bruja parte 2 through the web of who the fuck knows what asking today lo the bitch la bruja the witch how did you embrace and stay true to your weird she does the beautiful self-introduction all on her own with her fire and her passion so let's just go Mm -hmm. it's the same mentality that got us into all the problems so it's like, even if it's, even if you're, whatever your thing is, is like, um, like, uh, well, well-meaning, you know, and with mm-hmm. the best intentions to take care of people or to make things better for people. Um, if it's also, if that mentality also comes along with this rhetoric of like, and if you don't think exactly how I do, like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> that's not helpful. <laughs> no matter how much it claims to be, it's not helpful. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's something I've been thinking a lot about. Mm-hmm. And, like, how to have those conversations. And I'm really grateful to have you know, some people close to me who I can have those conversations with knowing that I can have those conversations with you. Um, and you know, a small number of other people and it's always easier, right. When like you can actually have a nuanced conversation with a human being, as opposed to like trying to broadcast your thoughts and feelings on social media or, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's a weird, uh, like, I feel like everyone's either engaging, like I said, in that type of thing, like, like, think this way, or you're wrong, or they're like, I'm out, like, completely checked out of all of everything, and there has to be a middle ground where where you're absolutely engaged but not condemning people like i i would argue we need to be even more engaged than the people who claim to be so very engaged right now because as much as they're um they have a lot of opinions i don't feel like they're listening mm-hmm. at all and um yeah because there's like a mentality around who has a right to be listened to mm-hmm. and things like that um and I'm really struggling with that where it's like no I think we need to listen to everyone not because like 
everyone's awesome, but because if we don't understand why people do what they do, or if we're just going to write everything that anyone does that's harmful off as like, oh, it's just because you're a piece of shit. It's just because you're awful. It's just because you're evil or you're greedy or you're whatever. Like, that's such an oversimplification. And if it was that simple, we could just like kill all those people. <laughs> like, it would all be fine. But um, that's Sweeney obviously Todd style. not the solution. Yeah, Sweeney Todd style. You're one of the most fascinating humans and brujas. And that was an excellent introduction because I love when oh, good. I was so people like, oh, allow themselves to like take it, you know, and it's like, what are you? You're so many things. But in in that moment, you get, you know, like a taste of the nutshell and everything of of like what you stand for and what you love to do and why you're here and all of those things. And I find it fascinating how you went from I like us meeting, you know, way the back when in uni yeah. and through the arts and through theater and somehow through all of this life, we've stayed connected and we continue to stay connected even through all of the transitions and and this weirdness. And I feel that we've both gone through this period of like theater and the stage and and like the idea of what an actor is and then like mm -hmm. breaking that shit down little by little by little by little and being like how do I continue to do what I love along with what I practice in my life you know and mm -hmm. and you birthed you know like you have birthed these, these incredible projects and I feel like it's so difficult as we transition through these periods in our lives, as we fucking burn time and time again, as we go through these cycles, it's, it's like, how do you stay true to the weird that, you know, I was talking about with like the why and then the EI. So the why being the, the roots of our, our, like of our history, you know, when you have that heart call, you know, all of a sudden you're like, going through the process of like school and then after school and then like the professional world and then et cetera, et cetera. And all of a sudden yeah. you get this fucking pool out of fucking nowhere. And you're like, wait, yeah. what? Nothing matters. Why? <laughs> <laughs> what in the fuck? And so I love how I've seen you move through life and, and then we fall into each other's lives again in, in such a way yeah. that I'm like, what in the world? I do not understand what's going on, but it is magical. And I love the way you have stepped into your power. I love the way that you have stepped into your voice, into your own. And I'm just like, bitch, I feel so grateful that you get to play in this world with me and I with you. It's just, I I don't even know how or why. And I would love to hear for you how the question was, how did you embrace and stay true to your weird? And your weird being like that heart call 
as well as the things that you find important to you, whether it be our activism, a combination of that, you know, all the things. Um, and I would love for you to just like, whatever the fuck that means to you, step into it. It's like, it's yours now. I'm handing over the mic. Okay, like, and you <laughs> no, <told> no pressure. <laughs> I'm super fucking grateful that I get to exist in this like world with you. And that, um, yeah, that you came into my life. And I just think it's really interesting how we've never like for a long period of time lived in the same place or or like even when we were at uni together like we weren't even ever really i don't know just like that's really special to me that we always just kind of knew this connection was there regardless of the fact that it's not like we grew up together it's not like we mm -hmm. um even like the shows that we were working on together we we shared no stage time um we just like mm -hmm. side note we're in love with each other like you know it's just I, I really um and and the fact that all these years later having never you know um really shared long periods of of work together or or space together or whatever um we just always found each other again mm -hmm. um and then all like the idea that we got to this year where it's like, yeah, let's go like spend time in the fucking jungle together. And like, um, <laughs> and then even feeling like, even knowing that that was just like the tip of the iceberg, it was like, okay, cool. That was just like a taste. And then whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I love the way you talk about weird because um, there. There's just such a thing for so long when you're younger about being weird that's like scary, right? It's like, don't mm -hmm. be weird because you need to fit in. And that's as, as maybe judgmental as I've been about the idea of like people conforming and this and that. There's a very deep, you know, um, like biological reasoning why you know humans survived because they cooperated because they um you know banded together and the idea of being like excommunicated by the tribe still like in our blood like communicates to us that we're you know that we're gonna die <laughs> so the idea of fitting in is is not just like you know you need to be one of the cool kids it's also like it's a survival thing and so the fact that people are able to be true to their weird and their, that their weird is able to survive childhood, adolescence, adulthood, and still like people are able to still be fucking weird. <laughs> so many people who I love so much, who I know are deeply weird within have, you know, um, I don't, I don't even like saying like conformed or whatever in it because it sounds like a judgment, but, you know, have kind of settled for or, or given into this kind of concept of what the world expects of them, what they're supposed to be doing all the things that they're supposed to do, supposed to, I'm saying with air quotes. Um, mm -hmm. And, and I know that 
there is a certain amount of comfortability and safety within all of that. But then also, you know, right now I'm kind of like living in a tent or whatever and um, like have no idea where I'm going next. think I'm going to like build this tiny house thing or whatever. I have no idea where I'm going to live in a year. I have no idea this and that, but I'm, but I'm also so clear about what's important to me and about what I love and about what I am, about what I'm here for and what I'm doing in this world. And I find that so many people in my life who are doing all the things that you're supposed to do, um, who are kind of rejecting their weird, um, and they're like, they're like inner freak and like, like psychopath, you know, um, they're, they're, they've like rejected that and, and they're, but, but that's their, that's their natural state. I, I really believe like that's our natural state is humans are fucking weird. We're weird. And, and when we give into that, when we like surrender to that, then I feel like we find what it is that's really important and what it is that we, that, you know, that's going to make us happy and all these things, because I see that the people who have kind of rejected all of that or like shoved it down somewhere deep inside and like, don't necessarily even realize they have access to it anymore. They're so deeply distraught and unhappy. And, and like, I am, I'm, there's degrees of this, you know, I'm sure everywhere, but like in the U S right now, so many people who are doing all the right things are seeing where it's like, doesn't matter that still doesn't guarantee you health care that still doesn't guarantee you home security that still doesn't guarantee you healthy food that still doesn't guarantee you a roof over your head or this or that or the other and it's like fuck man like I did everything right and now I'm out of touch with who I really am and I have no guarantees and I'm like so now let me take a lot of medication and let me (laughs) or self-medicate or this or that um I just think it's so important to be a freak, like to not just to like be a freak, like, like some people are and some people aren't. We all are. That's like humans are so fucking weird. Yeah. We're such weird creatures. And if we, I I feel like we try to act like we're something we're not. We try to act like we're like superior beings or something. And we're not, we're not, we're not, we're different. Um, and we have these things that are really magical about us and special about us and unique, you know, unique to other animals, um, the ability to imagine and opposable thumbs and like all these incredible things. But this mentality that we're superior has only gotten us into so much bullshit. And, um, and it's like, we're weird ass animals is what we are. And, and it's, um, Earlier this year, I shared with you, like, I had a, an experience um, with um, with uh, plant medicine, very overwhelmed with this knowledge that being a human is such a difficult thing. And that's been sort of continued throughout this year is, like, 
being a human is hard. I, I keep saying, like, I don't know if I've ever said that before in my life, but I've said it so many times this year. Um, and it's not just like, oh, this year is special because the world is burning and this and that. It's like, yeah, this was coming and it's going to continue. Everyone acts like, everyone keeps talking about 2020, like 2021 is going to all go back to normal. That's all anyone can wrap <laughs> around because everyone has rejected their weird, rejected, um, like has dissociated from our natural state and from nature. Um, mm -hmm. I really, I really love the word dissociate when it comes to that kind of thing because, and I just, I heard someone, I heard this man correct that or reframe that and say, um, humans can't disconnect from nature because nature. it's like we are nature, so it's not disconnecting from it but we dissociate from it we like don't acknowledge it's like being mad at your parents and being like i like i'm not your kid i'm not you know whatever i'm a teenager i'm too cool for whatever but we acted like we were too cool for mother nature well now i'm in california that is literally in flames there's fire everywhere there's ash all over everything I can't be outside for two hours without like feeling dizzy and like my head's throbbing and like, I'm going to pass out. And, and this is all very much, you know, us, like us dissociating. We're doing this to ourselves. Um, so yeah, I, I really think that, um, that the embracing of our weird, I have no idea, you know, why I am lucky enough to what, why I've been lucky enough to, to remain weird. Um, I, I, I guess I, my, my brother is really weird. <laughs> um, my mm -hmm. older brother is, I mean, uh, my family's pretty weird, but my, my older brother um, was someone that I've always really looked up to. And um, he is so weird. And I've always wanted uh, to be like him. I've wanted to connect with him. Um, and yeah, and I think that just his weirdness gave me some permission to be weird. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think that I necessarily would have even thought of that in those words until right now, um, being given the opportunity to, to answer this question. Um, but, but that's definitely a huge contributing factor to like, um, to the fact that I, um, you know, there's definitely times in which I try to make my weirdness smaller to make other people feel comfortable. Um, and that never goes well. <laughs> it <laughs> never results in whatever I, whatever I wanted. Like short term, yes, maybe I may have gotten it through an interaction more comfortably. Um but long-term I never get the result that I'm looking for by minimizing how fucking weird I am. Um, 
it doesn't it just doesn't yeah doesn't work so am i answering your question i don't even remember <laughs> yes definitely that one okay. and all the other ones i had it's fantastic okay. <laughs> i'm just like i'm just gonna sit back and enjoy the show because i love it that's why i'm just like yes you this is this is exactly where i was like i totally trust that whatever that means to you you're gonna answer in a way that yeah it's the i find it fascinating the way that um our minds you know once you just kind of like unspool it it's just like the kitten letting it play and see where it goes so yeah. I, I'm really interested to know how for you, uh, now that you're stepping more into, because it, it seems that uh, you've really allowed yourself to be in your weird with your, uh, like the EI weird from, you know, being able to look up to your brother and the process of art and and all of those things and we met up again a few years ago when you were going mm. through sort of the the death process of mm. the the world shifting in a way in a way that you know with with plant medicine is a perfect example that when you commune with that for the first time, there is a shift completely mm -hmm. and utterly, you never see the world the same again. So it was so amazing to like be with you in, in mm -hmm. like see you, witness you through, through that and then and still um, go through this together now. And I'm curious to know uh, from that point up until up until now, how do you feel you have shifted as an, an artist, as a human, as somebody mm -hmm. when when you think about like what you want to put out into the world, the gifts that you want to offer, marrying the weird with what you have been used to, you know, the permission that you were given as a child. And then the permission mm. that you gave yourself a few years ago when it was like, I'm fucking weird. Get the fuck over it. Like, go balls <laughs> out, right? Might as well just, like, yeah. fire, done. So I'm curious to know for you, what what has that been like, that, that process, marrying those two together up until now? Hmm. Good question. Ah, the noises. The noises always follow us. They do. Um, the dogs today in this neighborhood decided to just fucking start singing like a chorus. And nice. I was like, you guys, out of all the days, it's always quiet. And it was just like thing after thing. I was like, you know what? Whatever. It's going to be that <laughs> if it's that. Yeah. 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 Um, well, hopefully it's not too loud on this end. Um, I don't hear the mm -hmm. dogs, but I love dogs. So I'm never going to be sad about hearing <laughs> Um, <laughs> hearing the dogs. Uh, I don't know what this machine is making noise over here, but um, mm, I think hmm. a lot of what has happened in the last couple of years is just like um 
getting like it was like there was my that weird you were talking about from my like well I guess from birth or from my childhood or whatever um that just developed in my childhood and I I'm so lucky to have had the opportunity like the been given the space for my you know to be a weird kid um Mm -hmm. And then I think there were just like layers and layers of shit that just kind of got piled on top of that. Um, And while to a degree, I think that, you know, I always had a certain amount of access to to it still. um, I think I stopped exploring it certainly to the degree to which I, I I could have or, um, or to a degree to which it, it would serve me and help me be in service of others. Um, and yeah, I think um, a lot of different things shifted in the last few years and I experienced um, pain and loss in ways in which I, I could not have even, when I say could not have even fathomed. I mean, I'm an actor and, you know, we're, we're pretty good with our imaginations and, and it's, and, you know, imagination's more than just like make believe it's like a very powerful thing. And we shared a wonderful acting teacher who talked about the fact that, um, you know, you don't have to have every experience to be able to feel another person's, uh story i started talking about imagination and i'm trying to remember what you asked that made me go there it was the connection to weird with the y and connection to the yeah weird with the y and the ei and sort of how these few years that Mm. you have gone through yes the exploration of new worlds how are you incorporating that with your like EI weird. Okay. Uh, yes. And wait, can you one more time explain the why weird? Yeah. So the why weird goes sort of back to, and one of the reasons that I use the example of like the heart, the, you know, pull uh, would be sort of uh, you know, when we started uni and we went through the process of like what art looked like, there was kind of a bigger calling, um, something outside of art, uh, mm-hmm. something just sort of like with the idea of being in nature and tending mm-hmm. to nature and being of service in a way that's not on the stage like we're used to you know because Mm -hmm. I feel like as an as an actor as a performer we're used to the constant you know like rehearsals and projects and there's constant like ongoing of this and a lot of the times what I find interesting is we're not really taught the process of just being and being with ourselves which is one of the most important things as a performer you know to be fucking present and if you can't be present you know you're in your head and you're thinking instead of feeling the character you're thinking the character and so yeah I feel that it's it the way that the why 
weird has come into my life, for example, is sort of this notion of like, okay, I'm going back into nature and even going back into nature, I see how creation is happening and how projects want to happen without being on the quote, quote, you know, quote, unquote stage, you know, it, there's a yeah. different process to the project. There's a different like heart call. And mm -hmm. I find it fascinating how these two things have come together in a way that I did not expect. And it was sort of yeah putting aside my ideas of what it meant to be an artist in this world, what it meant mm. to be an, an artist and, and switching it over with the things that are important in my livelihood, um, you know, being in nature and tend, like I was saying, tending to nature and planting seeds and going to the fucking jungle, you know, all yeah. of these things where all of a sudden there's this complete paradigm shift of, not only the way that I see the world, but the way that I want to live and thrive in the world. And so um, I, I loved the way that, you know, you birthed this incredible project that tied into Mother Earth and that tied into our roots of who we are as people. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I love and I'm curious to know what that process was like for you and, and going out into the jungle and feeling nature, you know, like, for yeah. example, the, the orangutan, like, what was it like for you to go and see one of your characters in its natural environment? You know, yeah. it's like, it's, it's the depth of like, whoa, how has this, why weird, W-Y, how has this shaped the way you are now stepping into the world as a human and as a creator? Mm. Okay. Yeah. Ugh. Does that make sense a little more? It makes, it makes, t totally makes sense. I, um, grateful for the opportunity to answer this question and also like, uh, it's something I was talking about something that I was talking about earlier today um, or thinking about a lot was um, because I think a lot of the, the things that I've decided to do with my life in the last couple of years, um, which like I've talked about is like the most clear I've ever been in my life about what I want. Like, wanting to be an actor, wanting to create theater and things like that were always there, but that's not actually all that specific. Um, like folk, my focus and, and passion were always in theater primarily as opposed to film or television. But, um, and I thought that was specific, but I didn't realize, um, how, um, how unclear I was um, until this all came up and um, I think I was starting to say before I was thinking like it came out of a lot of pain it came out of a lot mm -hmm. of pain because um, I had you know in so many ways what I thought was like a pretty idyllic um childhood I didn't realize how much pain was happening 
around me. Um, some was family members, some was, you know, just fellow humans, you know, around me that I just was, um, you know, blissfully unaware or whatever, um, of the pain that others were going through. But, you know, we're all connected. So there's no way that at some point that's not going to catch up to you, that these things are happening around you and this pain is happening around you and especially things that are happening within your own family. Um, but yeah, so in the last few years, some of that pain and then some other, um, you know, personal, um, things that came up for me within my life. Um, and then, and then physical illness. Um, yeah, getting uh, sick, I guess is the word and, and, um, having this like diagnosis and, um, and knowing, like understanding and also being so, um, blessed, I guess, to, to be, to end up in a doctor's office, um, with a, with a medical doctor who was willing to, um, talk about the fact that all of the things I was going through emotionally and psychologically were 100% connected to the triggering of these physical ailments. And that's very unusual to have a medical doctor talk about those things. Um, and so I, to be so lucky is to have all these things happen at the same time and, and have these like different, uh, unexpected teachers pop up in my life and, and give me these little nuggets of wisdom as I was feeling all this pain, um, physical and emotional and psychological. Um, yeah, I just, I went to this really dark place, but there were these little pings of light from people who were telling me like that there was, that there was clarity to be found within all this pain. And it's true because all of the comfort that I had felt previously, um, and you know, I got married really young and I got divorced really young. Um, and that was a very painful process. Um, and it's not that I had never experienced pain before, but there was something, there were a lot of elements to, um, the last few years, um, that were, uh, like a whole other level of, of deep, um, pain that I think all needed to be felt because even though like, uh, anecdotally I can explain like, this was my diagnosis and this was this tragedy and this was this loss and this was this death and this was this, um, you know, heartbreak or whatever. I could talk about all of those things, but at the end of the day, I feel like more the point is I needed clarity and I, and there was so many of those layers of bullshit of, of the, of the, the fake societal belief systems that had been layered on top of my, of my young weird, of my natural weird, um, that were only going to go away painfully. Um, 
which is not to say obviously that I, you know, wish any kind of <laughs> pain on anyone, but, but, um, I think we, we, uh, exist with this mentality that, um, we're supposed to feel comfortable all the time and we're supposed mm-hmm. to avoid pain at all costs. And I mean, I do have to say, and I hear others say this, I hear people talk about diagnoses and, and loss and pain being these enormous blessings and, and moments of life shift um, in people's lives. And I am super grateful for all of this pain because yeah, through it, through like three years of not sleeping and panic attacks and, um, you know, crippling anxiety and uh, physical pain to the point where I couldn't walk for a few months, certain days, like um, most days. Um, initially, it was it was this this fight in my brain. So many people are doing nothing, even the people who care, even the people who are like yelling and like, like talking like exclusively politically about it, like as if our governments are the ones who are going to save us from this. Like what on earth have have these governments ever done that indicates to anyone that they're going to be the ones to save us throughout all this? I have no idea where that hallucination is coming from for people um (laughs) but to see all these people who even the ones who so passionately talk about it like this is real this is happening we need to protect blah 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 blah. but what are you doing in your daily life to make that different like what are you doing in your daily life to um to to contribute to the solution and like so few people are doing anything and it's not because they suck. It's not because they, you know, I mean, we all kind of suck, but like, it's not because they, you know, are just assholes. Um, it's, there's a lot of layers of shit in the way, um, to us even having the clarity of like what we could even do. And so, uh, so I was really struggling with this, um, this feeling that I, I could not possibly stop uh, doing theater because it, it would be like cutting an arm or a leg off. And I also think that theater is one of the most powerful um, forms of, of human expression that exists. And it has the power to change hearts and minds and, and the world. And I true, I mean, I, you, historically it has done that you know and Mm -hmm. and knowing that that was something that I'm I'm here to do it's some of the work that I'm absolutely here to do but simultaneously seeing what was happening with this dissociation human dissociation from nature and how dangerous it was and how much pain um we are all feeling and some you know certainly disproportionately from others Um, but ultimately we're all connected and it's going to destroy all of us. Um, how could I not do something about that at the same time? And I remember having this struggle, like during these sort of painful years, um, earlier on though, um, with a friend and, and, uh, sort of mentor of mine, um, 
I was going to say, uh, as much as we're peers, he's just a much calmer person generally than I am. Um, so, so he just fits into the mentor role pretty well. Um, yeah. So I was talking to this, this wonderful person in my life and, and I sort of was saying like, you know, I, I have on the one hand I have theater and I've literally like got one hand in the air and I'm like, I've got theater. And then on the other hand, I have, you know, whatever I said, environmentalism, something like that. And, or environmental activism or whatever. And I had mm-hmm. the other hand up and he just sort of gently leaned across the table and pushed my hands together. And, you know, that was really all he did. He didn't mm-hmm. try to tell me what to do or how to do it. And I had no idea what that was going to look like, but it was just this beautiful moment of like, Oh Yeah. Yeah. And there was no hesitation. No, it was just Mm -hmm. like, yep. And then, (laughs) and then here we go. And then shortly after, you know, this concept for this initial project, which is now, um, which, you know, I thought was sort of going to be like a, a, like a year of experimentation and figuring this out. And now I've, you know, sort of turned this into what, what's going to be like a lifelong project I anticipate, you know, because I don't think it's something that's ever going to stop being relevant. I don't think it's ever something that's ever going to stop needing to be um, added to and shifted because because the the topic of um, the devastation of the environment, the the environmental catastrophe, the climate catastrophe, climate change, whatever you want to call it, like. I don't imagine within our lifetime it's ever going to be a non-issue. Um, although I I don't find myself in any sort of nihilistic camp by any means about it. Um, but I think that... Um, there's a lot of work to be done and there's a lot of hearts to be um, accessed and a lot of weird to be accessed within people in order for this to be um, really addressed and shifted. Um, And so, so yeah, so I realized that this wasn't a project that, the world just needed for like a second um, and I could just like write a play and then it would be over. Um, so it's turned into this, this ongoing theater project, which I'm, you know, kind of has its own life now. And I, not only am I so like, it has taught me so much and I'm so grateful for it, but I'm also so grateful for all of those who have, you know, become part of the project, including yourself, who have brought, you know, because this was never something that I felt like, oh, I'm going to write a project about, I'm going to write a play about, I'm going to write monologues about, you know, um, what's going on in the world having to do with this dissociation from nature. And there's, there are like millions and millions of stories to be told. And, you know, having the perspective of now 10 different playwrights 
um, and with the, the anticipation of, um, or the, um, yeah, like the plan is to have hundreds of playwrights involved at some point. Um, but this has just been, yeah, um, I got kind of sidetracked, but, but saying like, I've never felt, even though this, this whole project and, and this whole concept for this kind of theater, this kind of work that I wanted to say, that I wanted, that I realized was kind of what I always wanted. I just didn't know in what form and, and it never occurred to me that I could mash these two things together. But once I did, it was like, ah, just so much clarity. And Hmm. also there is such a, you know, I, I, um, currently, you know, not there right now, but, but have been in New York city for, um, a decade and, um, there's definitely a goodly amount of artivism happening there. And, um, I've seen lots of it in, in all different forms in, you know, theater, in burlesque, in, uh, um, clown. And I've seen so much of it and, and it's so, I've seen, uh, some of it that I really liked, some of it that I hated. Um, but, but one thing that I really was having, um, a hard time with when it came to anything having to do with environmentalism uh, in theater, it was either very sugar-coated or it was very angry. <laughs> and I just Chocolate didn't find or vanilla, I, like van like um like fake white chocolate. <laughs> sugary bullshit like not any <laughs> nothing of substance like you know just like let's give everyone the bare minimum and tell people if they recycle and they're good people and we're all fine um that kind of just like artificial flavoring candy bullshit and and or like I said then the anger thing and the anger thing, like, even if I am the choir that you're preaching to, nobody handles being yelled at super well. So even, like, characters on stage becoming passionate and yelling is one thing. But there's something about artivism where you can feel as an audience member, no matter how much you may agree with the person's message, you feel like you're being screamed at and suddenly you're like, fuck you. Like, I don't care about whatever you want me to care about right now because I feel defensive. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I really wanted to create something that was more nuanced than that. Um, and, and I really wanted to make people laugh. Um, not like, as a sugar coating, uh, but as a, as a as a way of accessing people's humanity and people's weird, 
you know, you, when you make someone truly laugh, you break them open and then, and then you have access to them and then you can talk about whatever you want. And then we can have a real conversation. And so um, I sort of build a show or the project as like a, as like a dark comedic project. Um, very heavy moments within it, but best to balance the project always, like every time it goes up with, um, with a good amount of humor so that we can have these conversations because no one's no one wants to you know sit for two hours and be lectured at about how awful everything is this kind of storytelling that i wanted to do this kind of art that i wanted to create and this kind of um an artist i love that did you come up with that i sure did you fuck of course you fucking did i fucking love that i've never heard that word before in my life because because <laughs> you made it up um I love it I love it um yeah this anarchist Grazie. that I wanted to be what I said grazie <laughs> um yeah that I wanted to be um all this clarity came with all this you know painful destruction of these layers these very comfortable layers that were not serving me at all and now I feel so clear and that doesn't mean that everything feels good all the time but I do feel very clear and there is there is a certain amount of comfort in being so clear because there's a certain amount of confidence that comes in being so clear um because I'm like why the fuck would I do anything else with my life than this Hmm. like that's what this kind of clarity feels like where it's just like I, I'm a person who, like yourself, I feel like I do get, um, this may be an oversimplification of it, but like I get antsy or I get bored or like, I need to move. I need to like go do something else. I need to like be a part of another project. I need to meet new people. I need to relocate. I mean, I've been, have not relocated the way you have, but like I, I need to go on a trip. I need to go do something different. I need to experience new people. I need to, um, and, and so uh, something so compelling about theater is like, you're always on to the next project. You're always like meeting new people and creating, collaborating with new people every few months or few years or whatever. Um, and so it never, you, there's no stagnation. There's no time for, for complacency and boredom. Um, everything's always moving and this project feels like it is that like I could just work on this one project Mm. for the rest of my life and it'll never get boring because it's it's everything it's it's real life events it's theater it's comedy it's collaboration it's community it's all of those things at the same time and it's ever evolving So, um, so once I found that, you know, within myself, then I like found this little baby growing inside me and then birthed her, I was like, you know, you're it, you're the thing. Um, and, uh, 
and so so yeah so it's felt it's felt really um uh powerful it's felt really powerful to to find that and um and so as much as i can look back on some of the the really painful moments of the last few years um i wouldn't give any of it back or i wouldn't like undo any of that pain cuz i think that it all led to this clarity and this baby you know yeah Ooh. all of the fucking weirdness thank you so much bruja for yeah for sharing your story through questions and yeah yeah the way that little by little we start to see the magic i love the the uh the piece that you sent the poem that you wrote mm. and yeah i feel like you have stepped into your magic and that that moment that moment that <laughs> that dear friend of yours like put your hands together like in a prayer mm. you know that that coming true from somebody that you love it's it's so incredible to sort of trace back when you're like that was a shift and mm. nothing had to be said somebody just simply had to hold space for you from you know from a loving from a loving space and being yeah. there for you and just like woo that's that's the that's the marrying of of the weird with the ei yeah. and the why that yeah. beautiful moment of prayer like what in the fuck that is glorious <laughs> that is so glorious yeah thank you thank you for sharing yeah yeah can i really quickly talk about granola bars. Yeah, obviously. Okay, so I want to talk about granola bars like the whole time and I I've been thinking about it since I woke up this morning. Um and I have no idea how this like really fits in everything. It's just I feel very passionately about talking about this. Um uh so when I was a kid, I ate these like chocolate chip I think the brand is called Chewy or something or maybe it's like Quaker Oats but it's like chewy whatever they're called like chewy granola bars and I'm sure they're made out of like absolute garbage and I don't eat them anymore but when I was a kid I ate them like every day and I remember being in school and we were um I went to like a school like a school with religion and shit and um they I remember sitting we, they had us sitting on these like cold tile floors and they'd have these like nuns come and like show us um, shit that they were doing in other countries, like mostly in Africa, um, helping with like orphanages, build orphanages and build schools and stuff like that. For the I had no interest in being a nun, but I was like, I want to go do that. Um, and I was so confused though, because they were all like, 
um, they were talking about how malnourished the kids were. And I was like, well, you're going over there and you're not malnourished. Like, why don't you just bring the kids granola bars? And I was so confused. And they were like asking us if we wanted to like raise money for that. Like they gave us all these little boxes that we could put coins in. And then like, and I was like, coins, like even if it was all quarters, it's still like, that's not enough money, like for what they need. And I was like, but also they don't need just money. Like by the time that all gets sorted and everything, why don't we just buy granola bars and send them? Like just need to send them granola bars. I was like nine or whatever. And so I remember asking my mom if we could send granola bars and she was trying to explain to me why we couldn't just send granola bars to the kids in Africa. Um, and, um, but then the other day, so I thought of that the other day, the fact that I wanted to send granola bars to the kids in Africa. And, um, and also I remember like getting older and then realizing that it's not just nuns that can do like humanitarian work and like go other places and whatever. Um, and, and then I really appreciated the fact that like we got the opportunity to go and, you know, be in the jungle this year and as storytellers to be able to talk about what's going on and then figure out creative ways to support them in the work that they're doing. And back in my like childhood home and I was standing in the kitchen one night um, after everyone had gone to bed and I opened up the pantry and I wasn't, I knew there was nothing in there to eat or anything like that. I just opened the pantry and I, and I'm taller now, but I, I looked at the shelf where we used to keep these goddamn chewy granola bars and I just started sobbing, just like weeping. Like I missed how simple it was when everything in my life could be fixed by going to the pantry and getting a goddamn chewy granola bar. Yeah. And like, and so I, I guess I just wanted, I've been thinking about that a lot because I think that it's, it's worth acknowledging that the loss of the comfort, the loss of the, of the layers that made us feel comfortable and safe even if it was a false sense of security and safety um, and, and, and a false belief in, in a, in a simpler life, like in, in the idea of humanity being a simple thing or an easy thing. I think it's still worth it and worth mentioning that for a lot of people, certainly myself, um, there's a big loss there and it's very uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean that I like that. I, as much as I parts of me, you know, and in that moment, I definitely thought like, I miss that, that simplicity and that, and that's that feeling of safety and security, but it's, um, but I don't, I don't want it back in the sense that I, I, all the clarity that I've been talking about that came with, um, all the pain of the last few years, um, is, I 
is kind of leading me to, I think, a different and more real sense of um, safety, um, which I don't feel every day and I don't feel like I'm I think that'll be a lifelong process of, of continuing to strive for feeling that sense of, of um, not like a false sense of security or, or comfort, but a, but a sense that, you know, we're not alone. And, and if we embrace that weirdness, like that's something from when I was a kid that was real like being able to just be a fucking weird kid, a creative kid, a kid who like made shit up and talked to myself and created characters who I talked to in my room and like made, like did different voices and like put on weird makeup and made faces in the mirror and like, like that, weird kid who would sometimes rather hang out with like made up characters in my head than real people. Um, that was very real. And, um, there's like a safety that I feel with within that, um, that is very real. And, and if we all like the more people that, that embrace that, um, we can all come together like all our weird asses can come together and, and really make things so different than they are, I think. Um, and so the there dogs is, there definitely is, agree with you. The dogs agree. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yes. I said something good. <laughs> I feel like it tied everything together with a beautiful bow. All those like, yep, that's what, of course, that's why you need to talk about granola bars. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. It all, it all makes sense. Good. Yes, the dogs definitely agree. You want me to ask a question and pull a card? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Okay. So, hmm. In this very, like, uncertain, chaotic time, where I think we can all feel really smothered by all of the, the systems that are in place to make everyone feel comfortable, which are actually very counterproductive. Um, I guess I'm interested in, to, in um, some clarity for us all about staying true to our weird and to um, like ignoring that that's that which is not serving us. Maybe that's a big question. Maybe that's a little much. It can be the longest question in the world if you want it to be. Okay, well, I think it just was borderline the longest question in the world. So Sweet. now I'm going to pull a card. Mm. 
So this is that deck with all these fucking beautiful, amazing animals. Did you say you pulled oh. a dragon? I did. Yeah. <laughs> the world is okay. on fire. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, okay, so I'm going to read a little bit of it. So, okay. So it talks about seeing one's most true self and balancing the ego. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It says the dragon sees everything. Its essence has been with us since before our first breath and will be there at our last. It watches us navigate the external world. I think I just asked that fucking question. Hmm. Um, It watches us navigate the external world as well as our inner world. When dragon energy is awakened, we are courageous, visionary, and can easily drop into witness consciousness. It is almost as if we are traveling with a great friend inside of ourselves. When we look in the mirror deep into our eyes, we may even see a glimpse of the self behind the self, the one who is watching us. This is the power of the dragon breathing transformative fire into every cell of our bodies, witnessing this omnipotent energy, even for a brief moment, helps us surrender and let go. We let the dragon guide us. We hop on its back for a ride. And as we traverse even the most difficult terrain, the dragon's eyes see beauty everywhere. It is said that if a yogi does not see beauty in the world, their agni is dim. Agni is described as inner fire or sacred intelligence. May even just the mention of the dragon stir the embers of intelligence within you. Damn. (laughs) Okay, dragon. Okay. Thank you so much, Bruha, for fucking (laughs) pulling that. That was definitely the fucking cherry on top. Yeah, damn and as I'm 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 seriously I'm sitting here looking outside of the window the sunset it's dark the stars are out and across the mountain like through the valley you can just see like pinpoints of light from other small like villages and I shit you not if I can get a picture of these fucking two pinpoints it looks like two eyes looking at me like oh my god place and as you were saying that i could just see like the dragon's face forming in the darkness and Uh i was just like holy shit this is so fucking cool (laughs) thank you thank you so much for that yeah of course fuck yeah Thank you Uh, so much for making the time and finding the space to oh my God. share and to yeah, yeah to share your story your voice your heart all of the things I feel really really grateful for you being a part of the beginning of this and mm. and for yeah and just I feel so grateful that I get to play with you in so many different ways and 
yeah, I also really look forward to you joining for other episodes because there's so much shit where I'm like, oh, girl, oh, you don't even know. Like everything you <laughs> talked about was like, yep, yep, episode, episode. Like, yes. So mm. I just want yeah, to say I... thank you so much. Oh, my God. You're so welcome. And thank you so much. I'm so grateful to to be doing this with you. And I'm so glad that you're doing this I'm just you're like the weirdest person I know um (laughs) and I'm so grateful for that and to know you and to get to be your fucking friend and a soulmate and ah just the fact that like yeah I just I'm really grateful I'm really grateful and I'm really um happy for everyone who will get to be touched by the work that you'll be putting out in the world because every time you put anything out um into the world it touches so many people and that's from performance and theater years and years ago to to everything you know everyone that you interact with now like you just you just touch people so deeply and and have so much weird ass shit to to grace this world with I'm just so grateful I'm so grateful Mm. it takes a bitch to know a bitch and I'm just so happy we're both bitches (laughs) yeah we are yeah Mm. I love you stay safe your fires yes. enjoy the ocean yes. are you gonna go do a cold plunge by any chance i probably should um yeah 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 i'll do that Ooh, please do that. send me a message and let me know just how it is <laughs> i will i will i'm i'm like trying to figure out where i can do it and avoid people because i don't really want to be around people right now yeah um but but i'll figure it out and i'll send you a message <laughs> Te amo, bruja. Okay. Until our next spiraling Sunday. Stay fucking weird, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>